0: Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spudgobin Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who,
1: the social outcast, yes you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman.
2: It's the Spud Goodman
3: Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman.
4: Greetings and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman.
5: (laughs) Spud Goodman.
4: (laughs) Please accept my gratitude for you in taking a break, you know, out of your busy life to to hang out with us as I hope for like the next 59 or so minutes. Gracias, I'm fairly, you know, confident you won't look back at this moment and regret your decision. Yeah, yeah, I could be wrong, and you'll hold a grudge against me forever for wasting your time. But I choose to be an optimist, even though I don't have much experience going that route. So why don't you know? I now bring on our show's designated laugher, my aunt Dorothy. Hey, could you display your highly developed skills like dazzle us with a killer chuckle?
6: All right. How's this? <laughs> oh, I feel good about that one.
4: Yeah, it wasn't that shabby. Maybe it could have had just a bit more low end on uh, it, but Wait. Yeah, well, just a suggestion. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so no. now I'm required to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead, you know, thank me for introducing you and let's just get on with the show. Okay. Well, yes, but thank you. And, and I and want to la- say- and lastly, I have to acknowledge our show's yeah. intern, Chance who supposedly is the most popular person on the show. That's according to some bogus listener survey.
1: Uh, It's all fake news.
2: So here's Chance, go ahead and say something I'm I'm sure it will all be about you. Well, if I don't stake out my territory and my mantle of being the most popular person on this program, who will give me my due? Well,
6: I will, babe. I'll always have your back in sickness and in health.
2: Thank you, Dorothy. And that is why I'm counting the days until you'll be my wedded wife.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: People may be eating right now while listening, so can we dial back the lovey-dovey stuff? Some of us have a very low tolerance for that kind of talk.
8: Yeah, that does not surprise me, Spud. You have been unsuccessful in marriage to this point. Uh, Well, I don't know. It's true, and you might want to polish up on your romantic talking points with your next wife. Now, I myself leave my lovely wife, Rachel, a new love note on a post-it each morning. And I try to surprise her, you know, by where I place them. Sometimes I've chosen some less traveled areas of the house and they were never discovered. I have to continue to remind myself that there is a fine line of being creative in placement and and putting them somewhere where only the cleaning (laughs) lady will find them. You you know what I mean?
4: Well, I refuse to believe that scribbling on a post-it would have saved any of my marriages. Oh,
8: No way. No, no, I would would never belittle the power of a strategically placed
2: romantic post-it.
0: A pretty
1: sobering Mm -hmm. fact.
2: Dorothy... I hope you won't expect a daily post-it detailing my love for you. I'm terrible with cursive, so if you want something like this, it might work better for me to either text it or go with email.
6: <laughs> it's not necessary, sweetie. No worries.
8: Hey, uh, Spud, can I bring up something that I recently discovered and feel would be very interesting to our listeners? It's really uh, trending now, as the kids say. Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah, well... I've been reading a lot about this new thing that's becoming very popular. They're called NFLs. It's a new product for people to sell and buy. And it's connected uh, to that crypto thingy. And it could revolutionize
2: our economy. I don't think it's going to happen. Gerald, it's NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And I hope you're careful about investing in this new area of commerce. It's really risky.
4: And yeah, you know, I've a seen cheese. a few articles about this uh, thing, but uh, I, I don't get it. Like I got you know, I read this, I read the
8: articles, and I, but I still don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah well, that's what I expected. As you tend to ignore the cutting edge issues of the day. Me? Now, yeah, I myself recently bought an NFT. Right. And, and yeah. listen, I'm very excited to now be the owner of a signed doodle by Hollywood icon Eric Estrada. <laughs> uh, the kids might not be aware of Eric's TV show Chips, one of the greatest shows of all time. Seriously? So they might want to ask their parents about it right now. I don't think so. Anyway, am I only, I'm, I'm like one of 200 people who now own this original doodle of his. And I fully expect my $200 purchase to someday be worth, I don't know, like 10 to 15 times more. And that's what's so exciting. I am about to make a great deal of money in this new area of commerce. (laughs) For instance, I soon may be ending my relationship with Amway. If things go according to what I've laid out on my spreadsheet for the next 24 months. Um, Can I ask you, how many jobs and side hustles do you
4: have? I can't keep up with them all.
6: Oh, and please leave Amway, Gerald. I'm so tired of having to tell you no thanks on becoming a sales rep for you.
8: you. Oh, well... (laughs) <laughs> you mean an Amway sales distributor, whatever. Mrs. Jarvitz. And I've got to tell you, it's premature for me to formally resign my position with the company. I'm going to have to see how my new business venture with these NFTs goes. I hope you
4: don't like take out a second mortgage or something to get into this NFT scam or whatever. It just sounds like a new online garage sale to me.
8: Well, if I remember correctly, you told me that VCRs were going to be phased out and only a fool would still be using them. Well, who had the last laugh with that one, Spud? I currently have three VCRs in my household, and they all still work really well. Let's see, you watch, I don't know, Raiders of the Lost Ark or uh, ET tape on your DVR, Spud. Hello, it won't play them. Would you
4: shut,
7: shut
4: up, your man? Yeah, uh, yeah, you got me on that one. Okay, I, I should have kept my piece of VCR from the '90s. I, well, I, yeah. I would be so much happier now. Uh, anyway, here I, I, it's it's time for some music. Okay, uh, here here's a song by the Seattle band the Blacktones, who have performed live on this program. Uh, this is a cut off their 2019 release, Cornbread and Cobain. Here is Space Ghetto. <laughs>
1: Show. Show. Uh. Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Spud Show. Anyway, I think you're not. You're a communist. Uh, so. I'm not even listening to the Spud Show. What the hell am I talking about?
8: Uh Spud. Your first guest, Harold Perrineau, is waiting to speak with you. Now, Harold has been on the show before, right? Yes. He's a very cool guy. I mean, everybody knows that.
4: Uh, uh, of course, anybody, anyone that was a cast member of the old HBO series Oz is seriously cool.
6: Seriously. Oh, I used to love Harold on Lost. Now, actually, but that was a cool show.
4: Yeah, it- But it might have been a little over my head, but Mm. it was pretty good. I got to admit that. You know, Harold has a new show now that he's the star of.
8: It's about time he got top billing. Oh, uh, you know, I know I am counting the days to when I get top billing on my own radio show. It's long overdue for me, too.
3: That's ridiculous.
8: Uh, You let me know when someone
4: gives you your own radio show. I'll try and check it out, okay? Okay. Uh, Now just put
8: Harold through, please. Yeah, well, you'll you'll be the first to know when I have to give you my two weeks' notice. And uh, here he is.
4: Welcome back to the show, actor Harold Perrineau. Thanks for calling in, man.
5: Hey, thank you for having me, Spud. I appreciate it.
4: Absolutely. You are now starring in a new series on epics from... Uh, that airs Sunday nights that's at right. 9, uh, Eastern and Pacific, and I guess 8 Central, and is available later on demand. So i got to ask you, I understand it's a scary show. May I ask how scary? Is it so scary that I'm going to have to strap on an adult diaper? They're uncomfortable, so I'm hoping <laughs> uh, hoping not.
5: I, I, I could tell by the way that you were asking the question that that's where we were going. You're like, is this adult diaper necessary? because? <laughs>
4: how scary is it?
5: Um it is it's certainly uh, look it can be adult diaper scary Uh-oh. when you when you threaten kids on a show uh and and you make good on those threats that means uh you're in real danger that that's me giving a little like who is into the first episode it is it's scary uh, it, it is really scary it's bloody it's gory it's jump scare um but but that being said right uh, and, and it is a horror uh, a genre, in the horror genre. That being said, I think the thing that people really are gonna dig, the thing that I dig, is that, you know, these are just people. These are people, hopefully, that you can, like, uh, see yourself in, that you can relate to. Um, and uh, and I think that's the thing that, that's gonna be really, really great. The, the relationships that they have to each other um, in this little town, the relationships that they had before they got to the town, how all that plays on, you know, what they do to deal with this terror of monsters coming out of the forest uh.
8: that surround them. Huh. Uh, Spud? What? Will, if I might interject here. Uh, watching monsters coming out of a forest will only raise the blood pressure of our viewers. Monsters are very upsetting to some people, like myself. I don't, I don't like monsters. Hey, Harold, uh, just a sec. Okay, your vote
4: is in. You don't care for monsters. No. Is that all you
6: got? I'm not that crazy about monsters myself. But but really, I wouldn't be so arrogant to believe my feelings were worth interrupting Spud's conversation with Harold. Yeah, that's right.
8: Thank you, Aunt Dorothy.
6: Well, I only wanted to
8: voice my opinion about monsters. They are not our friend. They are not our
4: friend. Well, I dig monsters, okay? And, and it's my show. So let me get back to Harold, if you don't mind. But sure, sure. No problem. Go back to your monster-worshipping Harold. Yeah, I will. Now zip it. Okay, I have returned. Well, let me ask you this. Over the years, you've worked on a ton of shows, but this, I believe, will be your first starring role in the series. Uh, ha- have you noticed much difference in how cast and crew interact with you? Do you insist everyone not make eye contact with you on the set?
5: Yeah, 100%. Uh, once I get on the set, everybody has to look down. Okay. And then their acting has to be worse than mine. They have to be shorter than me, and I need green M&M's.
7: So okay.
5: That's the way I do it. And I don't care. No. Come on. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, I, I didn't think so. You're supposed <laughs> no, to be a really nice guy. No,
5: not at all, man. I, uh, uh, for me, it's, I'm really uh, honored that they, they let me, that they chose me to lead this show. And uh, and I take that really seriously. So I show up and I do my job, man.
7: That's all
5: right. that's, that's, the way, that's the way I like it to be. Uh, I do my job. Everybody comes in. They do their job. We have a great time. We shoot up in, in Halifax, in Nova Scotia. Um, and we have an amazing crew. There's, uh, there's no need for shenanigans like looking down okay. when I come on set. Well, I just <laughs> had I, to ask you. like my
4: face, it's, and, and, and and then of course, if you don't
5: like my face, I get it. I, my wife doesn't like my face sometimes. I get it. It's understandable.
4: Uh, <laughs> so, well, you you guys that. you guys did shoot it up there in, in Nova Scotia. I, I, you know, it's uh, not a, not a location with a huge nightlife scene. So I take it it was all work and not much play during filming.
5: Oh, my friend, you would be wrong about that. Oh. Uh, th- There's a huge nightlife, nightlife in Halifax. Uh, a huge, there are, first of all, there are a lot of colleges there, which I I was pretty surprised by. So if you're of that age, it's a, it's a big college-like uh, thing. But there are so many, like, restaurants and bars. And, and look, the thing that was tricky about all of it, it was, you know, a pandemic, right? Yeah. So that's the part that... So a lot of you know there was a lot of uh, things that were closed or they closed at certain hours and we had protocols and things like that. But yeah, you'd be wrong. There's a Nova Scotia is uh, it's happening up there. Yeah, you should you should for sure go.
4: I'll put that on my bucket list. All right, super. You Um, you
5: have to, my friend. All
4: right. You know, something I didn't touch on the last time you were on the show was your other career yeah. in music. You put out an album titled Seeker a few years back. Do you still have dreams of going for an EGOT and winning an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award?
5: <laughs> Do I still want to be Lin-Manuel Miranda? A hundred percent. I still, Look, I still think about it a lot. Um, but for me, uh, 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 music uh, is a game that like, I probably should have participated in when I was a little younger, I didn't have kids. Um, it's it's a little too, uh, for me, not just for me. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's too unstable for my family life. Um, and, and my family life is already unstable. Like I said, we were just in Nova Scotia. Next week, we're going to New York. You know, they meet uh. people. They're in and out of schools. They're, they're homeschooling. That stuff is really hard. With music, it was even harder. So... Um, I think it's a thing that, you know, I'll just sort of keep writing and doing stuff like that now, and then maybe I'll get to play, you know, a couple of bars or, you know, a little spots when I get, you know, I get a little older when they're, when they're out of school, or at least out of high school. Or, uh, but for now, it's just, I, I love to do it. I love to sit around and play and sing, and my kids actually love to do it, and that's fun. I just have fun with it without the pressure of trying to, you know. Uh,
7: put food on the table.
4: Okay. Well. Well, let me close with this because I, I know you got a lot of things going on. Harold Perrineau, if you ran a network TV or streaming service, what show from the past would you greenlight for a reboot series? Me, I would be like, I was thinking about Mr. Ed because I think it would have a great potential in foreign markets. Anything at all that jumps out at you? Hello. I'm Mr. Ed.
5: <laughs> I would, if I could find the right cast, reboot the honeymoon.
1: Oh. Oh, good call
5: i would i used to i used to watch the honeymooners like my life depended on it i was not in moon like all night long my mom my mom would be screaming at me, be to bed because i just watched reruns after reruns i wouldn't be the honeymooners. but you gotta jackie Gleason is a hard a hard person to capture like he was just a genius and so i but i definitely
4: all right there we have it on the record all right i know you got a scoot so let me say again you're now starring in a very scary new epic series from that people need to go check out uh hey we really appreciate you coming back on our show mr harold Paranel. this is the Spider
5: goodman show did i ever tell you about that
8: now getting back to what we were talking about those nfts it's yeah. a shame that we have to go through the whole crypto system to access them as it just seems so, so strange. Does anyone know what one of those blockchains chains are? I found out they're not what they sound like. You can't build anything with them and... Anyway, I have a crypto financial advisor now who is helping me with my NFT investments. He's a nice guy. And he even gave me some suggestions where I could sell my own NFTs to make some money.
2: Well, I'm giving, I, I tell you, I'm giving it serious thought right now. What NFT could you possibly sell to make money? And who would buy anything from you? That's ridiculous.
3: That's ridiculous
8: a chance you would be surprised what things people would buy in that crypto world according to my new uh crypto financial advisor uh, that i mentioned it just might allow me to retire much earlier than i had planned uh
4: just because some financial guru tells you that it's possible to be a millionaire selling crap through that crypto thing whatever i I just don't believe it Uh, I agree with chance for once. Okay, oh. what would you possibly have that people
8: would buy? Well, for for one thing, my autograph. I might issue say, like seventy-five or a hundred of them, so that they would be a, you know a really exclusive item. You know, create a demand for them by making a them man. a scarce commodity. Yeah. It's all about the availability of an exclusive commodity, Spud.
5: You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb.
4: Exclusive? Don't people have to really want that commodity
6: for it to be exclusive? Um, Yeah, Gerald. Why would anyone pay for your autograph? That makes no sense. You can't give them away now. I mean well, maybe so, but you would be surprised how much more
8: people are interested in something when it's being sold rather than given away for free. <laughs> you would have to pay people now to even take one of your
4: autographs. Well. No one likes junk stacking up at their house. You know, with that Marie Condo lady, I think that's her name on it. You know, everyone's just throwing away all the stuff they have cluttering up their living space. And your autograph would just be at the top of any
8: wants list to clear out. Yes! But here's the great thing about that. My collectibles would only be accessed and stored in that crypto world. So it, it wouldn't be taking up space in someone's home or office. My financial advisor has encouraged me to explore putting out a Gerald Holcomb limited portrait, uh, a, a, a Gerald Holcomb birthday video greeting, a Gerald Holcomb haiku, yeah, uh, whatever a haiku is, he he said that I could write a few, and it could be quite lucrative.
6: <laughs> Good luck writing that haiku, Gerald. Yeah,
8: yeah. Well, S- Spud, I know you're not exactly flush financially right now, so you should explore well. these NFTs yourself. There, there must be something you could create to sell. Like, uh, how about putting up a copy of your birth certificate for sale? Y- you never know; people might be interested in obtaining a digital copy of it.
0: What are you people?
4: On dope?
8: Uh, no one's
4: saying I was born in, like, Nairobi, so I, I doubt anyone would want to see it. Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't even know where I put it. But, but, but you know, I-, I should really try and find it. As, uh, Yeah, I-, I could need it someday. Could-
6: oh, should, a- this sounds like it will be as lucrative for you, Gerald, as Amway has been for your bank account. Outside of what soap you've bought yourself... How much have you made from your time with that company?
8: Oh, don't worry. Amway will pay off in a big way someday. Uh It just might take some more time. And, you know, that's why you should really reconsider becoming a member of my sales team, Mrs. Jarvitz. Dumbest,
9: most offensive, and most
8: insane
6: things. Well, I think I'd rather drink a gallon of bleach.
2: Yes! Dorothy, you'll never have to worry about me getting involved with Amway. My grandma tried selling that stuff and lost just about every friend she had. We're not allowed to even bring up that word in our house.
4: Yeah, that that company's about as popular as COVID these days.
0: Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Spud, your next guest, Carrie
8: Bechet, is holding for you. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with Carrie. Is she a rock star? No, she's an actress who's been in some really good TV
4: shows. and ah. She got great reviews for her role in that movie, uh, Argo. I don't know if you remember that. but oh, anyway, yeah. Right now, she's in a, a new show that's getting a ton of buzz. Uh, super pumped. Uh, it's Aaron on Showtime right now. Yeah.
8: Uh, super Pumped. It, it, so is it about weightlifting? What are you people? On dope? You know, I've been thinking about buying a set of weights. I, I don't want to lose any muscle mass now that I'm getting a little older.
6: Oh, Gerald. Super Pumped is about Uber, the car service and food delivery service. That company was really messed up. The guy who started it is a total. <laughs> but. I'm looking forward to watching it.
4: Yeah. Like, make great TV. I mean, everyone loves to root against them.
6: Yep.
2: Which explains your career, Spud.
4: It's (laughs) Jack what you're saying. Uh, uh, That was just totally uncalled for, Chance. Uh, just, Just put Carrie through, please. Say hello to actress Carrie Bechet. We appreciate you coming on our show.
9: Oh, thanks for having me. So happy to be here.
4: Yeah. Well, you co-star in the new Showtime series, Super Pump, The Battle for Uber, airing Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Now, many are familiar with the Uber story, but where does this project go in bringing it to life, you know, on the screen, the TV screen? I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of cars in it, right?
9: Yeah, there's uh, quite a few cars in it. We did a lot of scenes shooting in some cars, shooting on some city streets. Um, This is the origin story of Uber. Now, everybody has taken an Uber or ordered from Uber Eats. Um, It's a a company that became a verb, uh, which is a real crazy marker of their success. Uh, But I think a lot of people don't know uh, how it came about um, and what had to happen, all the good, bad, and the ugly that went into making this company such a success. And that's really what the show kind of digs into. All
4: right super well well carrie you were born in new zealand one of the most beautiful places on earth but but you moved to new jersey shortly afterwards i know you were really young to be bummed out about it but you know you know maybe a few months old but that's kind of trading down no offense to jersey do do you have like dual citizenship (laughs)
9: listen new jersey is the garden state for a reason it's a beautiful place they grow delicious tomatoes there
3: Okay, okay. All right, I'll stand,
4: I stand corrected. Okay. Um, do you have dual citizenship? I was just curious.
9: Um, no, I don't. I'm an American citizen. Okay. I
4: knew that, but I just wondered if you retained it. All right. Um, so I was going to ask you this. I was, I was a big fan, as millions of others were, of your work on the AMC series, Halt and Catch Fire. I'm guessing the cast received a lot of response from those in Silicon Valley and other tech hubs. Like Seattle or wherever?
9: Um, Yeah, uh, so uh, (laughs) and Catch Fire was an awesome show. Um, We had a lot of uh, feedback about um, the dealing with technology. Um, That was sort of an 80s, 90s tech show. And um, this is, it gets a little hairier with Super Pumps because we're dealing with. like right now, what's Mm -hmm. happening right now and you can go uh, get yourself an Uber, you can order Uber Eats um, and I I think that gets under everybody's skin a little bit more I think um, people take it all really personally and people have these brand loyalties um, and I think it's kind of hard to see sometimes the dark underbelly of a thing you might be a big fan of Uh, Spud?
8: Yes? Could I just ask what that Uber Eats is? I, I've heard of it, but I've, I've never used it. Carrie, I
4: need a moment here. You don't know what Uber Eats is? Well, the, the food delivery service? Seriously?
6: Seriously. I believe it. Gerald, you are such a technophobe. I'm surprised you even have a cell phone. Yeah, well,
8: Mrs. Jarvitz, I have shared a cell phone with my wife for many years. We Holcombs are not resistant to technological progress. I love our flip phone. Sure, it's a little bit beat up, but it still works. So you call that Uber Eats for food? You know, when my kids have their friends over for dinner, many of them, when told what we're serving, have suggested I call them, which I will tell you, is kind of rude to my wife, who took the time to prepare the dinner. Yeah, but I've seen the leftovers in Tupperware you bring in
4: for yeah. lunch the next day, usually, and I don't blame your kids' friends at all. Uh, now, now, let me finish up with Carrie. All right, I am back.
9: Fantastic.
4: Well, earlier in your career, uh, you starred in the last season of Scrubs in 2009, taken over from Zach Braff as a narrator. Any nervousness jumping into such a beloved comedy?
9: Yeah, um, I was totally terrified. Um, what a terrifying situation to be in for one of my uh, really first jobs. Um, and I had a lot of fun. It, it turned out to be um, like a master class in comedy style. Um, what a fantastic show, um, and, and a really great professional group of people. Uh, I laughed so hard and learned so much. I'm really grateful for having um, had that as uh, like a, like a basis for my understanding going forward.
4: You know, we've, we've had John C. McGinley on the show a bunch. Uh, he said the cast was pretty tight. It must, it must have been a blast, I can say that.
9: Um, so John McGinley plays obviously um, a, a pretty abusive uh, leader in the show, and um, he and I could not have liked each other more. Um, you know, I would go over his house, and uh, he'd make us dinner, and we just um, had such a blast together, and I felt very taken care of and um, he's a a great guy a real like a laugh riot completely um, and, and a really good your
4: person. Yeah, he seems very much like a wonderful person. Um,
9: well, let me hit yeah. you with
4: this: in 2017, you co-starred in Narcos, appearing in season—no, uh, appearing in five episodes. But here's what I was thinking about: it's too bad you couldn't have hung around until your husband, uh, you know, in Halton Catch Fire and the movie Argo, uh, Scoot McNary, came into the cast the following season. Because of course, you know, he was married to another character in the show, but it would have been cool to see you both on the screen together, you know, one more time
9: yeah I love um, so Argo uh, was set in um, 19 you know79 um, and then halt and Catch Fire was set in the early 80s so it really felt like our characters from Argo just uh, sort of changed career paths and moved to Texas and to start a technology company um, that was definitely um, like a funny coincidence. <laughs>
4: Well, okay, I, I I know you got some other stuff going on, right? So I'm gonna let you go, but I got to conclude with my standard uh, talk show host question. Uh, here it comes, uh, Carrie Bechet, What has been your most memorable moment in showbiz?
9: Oh my God! Um, the first thing that comes to mind is um, the the very first job that I got out of college was Alan Rickman hired me to do a one woman play in New York City. Oh. Um, and it was uh, it was an incredibly encouraging first job to get right out of the gate. and he um, was such an incredible man and deeply intelligent, um, passionate and excellent theater director. Um, and for him to believe in me when I was so young and new um, and to really give me the reins to do a one woman play you know me talking by myself on a stage for 90 minutes um, it was an incredible challenge um, and uh, it's a thing I think about all the time and I carry with me uh, in my heart and it feels like if if that's a thing that I could do uh, there's nothing I can't I can't do Um, so I'll I'll be forever grateful to him for that experience
4: yes may he rest in peace so um, yeah All right, well, let me say again, you co-star in the new Showtime series, Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber, airing Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Thank you so very much for checking in with us.
9: Thank you so much. This was such a lovely conversation. Thank you for all your excellent questions. All
4: right. Ms. Carrie Bechet. This is
3: the Spud
10: Goodman
7: Show. Ah, I'm
4: still
2: not over my surprise.
4: More music, you ask? Okay, I think we can handle that. Here's a song performed live on our old cable TV show. The band is The Lemons, and the song is titled In My Way.
3: Talk to me in my way, yeah, way, yeah, I'll be It's in my mind, yeah, it's in my way, then I chase Be in the sea, find the way to be my man in my way, then I chase Be in the sea, find the way to be my man in my way, then I chase See that is me, it's my way, yeah, way, yeah When I know when to do it, my way, yeah, way, yeah In a while, it's about in my way, yeah, way, yeah You see, talk to me, in my way, yeah, way, yeah it's me. Never see my way. that I can't be the Find a my See my way. Then I can't be the Find the way to be my man See my way. Then I can't be the Find the way to be my man See my way. Then I can't
7: This is a Spud Demon Demon show. Spud.
8: Your last guest, Isaiah John, is ready to go. Uh, you know, I overheard Trevor, our engineer, saying how much he liked the TV show Isaiah is On. I, is it a sitcom? Uh,
4: I am aware Trevor is our engineer, okay? And, yeah, yeah. and this show Isaiah is On is Snowfall okay and it's definitely not a sitcom it's it's now in season five so just about everyone but you of course is at least aware of it
6: oh i love snowfall great cast and the writing is top notch well maybe i'll tune in some night like does it take
8: place on a like a mountain resort does isaiah play a skier Would you
4: shut up man listen no, it's set in the south-central area of Los Angeles in the 80s. Mm. It deals with the rock cocaine epidemic that ravaged a whole lot of cities in this country in that era. Uh,
8: yeah, that, that sounds a little
4: depressing. Well, it's history, okay? And for sure, we don't want to repeat it. Uh, j- just put Isaiah through. Yeah, very well. Here he is. Welcome to the show, actor Isaiah John. Uh, thanks for checking in with us. Of course, thank you for having me. Yeah, so you currently co-star on one of my favorite shows, the FX series Snowfall. Uh, season 5 is now airing Wednesdays at 10 p.m. later on demand for those that haven't you know, caught the new season yet. What's in store for your character, Leon Simmons?
10: Well, as you know, last season was a very traumatic experience for Leon, and uh, ever since that situation, he started to go he, he starts to do a complete 180 in his life. So now we find Leon in season five um, reading books. He's kind of taking the activist route as far as like his viewpoint on life. Uh-huh. He's even at this point reconsidering his position in the drug selling game. So now we have a completely different character because of this, you know, the traumatic situation. So, yeah, Leon is just he's, – he's, he has a nice trajectory this season on – who he's becoming as a man and him standing up for what he now believes in and um, and standing up for black life.
4: Uh-huh. All right. Super. Well, you know, FX appears to let you guys do the show you want as uh, there, uh, there's a there's little censorship of the language of violence. It's an intense show for sure.
10: Oh, absolutely. It's very intense. I'm surprised most of the things that we're able to show. I'm like,
7: oh, okay, cool.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, you know, Snowfall takes on, I kind of wanted to cover this, uh, takes on what many believe was a highly illegal act in the 80s by the CIA and the Reagan administration as they coordinated or at least looked the other way uh, while cocaine was trafficked in the LA area, you know, to raise money to buy arms reportedly for the Contras in Nicaragua. Uh, do, do you feel the viewers get that the show's storyline, though dramatized, kind of actually happened?
10: I I completely, um, whenever an episode is airing, I'm always on Twitter because that's where people live tweet as they're watching the show and people definitely get that. Um, I at first was kind of worried that the majority of our fans or viewers would just watch the show as entertainment, but a lot of people are catching on to a lot of the truth that we put into the show Um, and they talk about it often and that's really a selling point when I talk about the show it's how it's not just entertainment. It's also educational, especially for someone like myself, who was born in the 90s. I didn't know much about this this, uh, this, this situation, the crack epidemic. So when I started reading scripts and when I started doing research for the show, I started learning. Um, and as we film, I'm constantly learning. So I think, I think that that's definitely uh, that the audience catches on to that for sure.
4: Yeah, the late uh, Mercury Sun reporter Gary Webb did all he could, you know, to bring uh, to the this to you know attention to the to the public. He he wrote an amazing series on it, uh, but but he was vilified to the day he died. It's it's a really tragic story. If people want to go, you know, take a look at it online. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, do, do you guys get contacted by those who? Uh, many years ago, maybe we're in the middle of the drug scene in South Central and, you know, the area of L.A. and suggest maybe corrections to the show's portrayal uh, during that period of time?
10: Oh, me? Not, not personally. I've never been, um, like, no one has ever reached out to me about, like, anything of that nature. But I do, like, for myself, um, in, in the earlier seasons, and I would, like, go to Compton and go, you know, just hang out with people from the neighborhood and just mm-hmm. ask questions for people who, like, lived through this time and really experienced it hands-on. And they're telling me that, you know, the show is, is really pretty it's, it's pretty accurate. So they, they're they huge fans of the show um, because we're not doing the story just justice. And specifically my character, the, the, the biggest validation that I got was the fact that people who grew up from this time era and who grew up in these neighborhoods, when they look at my character, they don't see any flaw in how I'm portraying this character. So that's the biggest validation I can ever receive for you know, for my work. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, they, they reach out and definitely show love and say that. It's, it's
4: very accurate. Okay. All right. Well, Isaiah, you're you're 26, I believe, and grew up in the Atlanta area. Uh, you know, th- there's there's quite a you know a growing film and TV industry in Georgia right now. But but I was wondering, uh, did you see yourself in Hollywood when you were 10 or 11 years old? Uh, what drove you to get into acting?
10: So I consciously made the decision to pursue acting at 13. Okay. Um, what's interesting is I was going through my old stuff in my mom's house. And I saw a book that I wrote in when I was in fifth grade that I wanted to be an actor. But I don't even remember her writing that. Um, so that was very interesting. But yeah, I started pursuing acting at 13 and just really spent most of my years pursuing it, studying with different coaches um, from Atlanta, New York, L.A. And just really trying to create my own method on how I wanted to um, go about portraying different characters and like, how I wanted to bring myself forward to, to each role. Um, So, yeah, what made me wanted to do that? I just wanted to pursue something different than, you know, people who are around me. Like, I didn't see anyone really pursuing anything, of course, at the age of 13, but I really wanted to work towards something outside of, you know, just going to school and, you know, Mm -hmm. doing the normal things that a 13-year-old does, which I don't even remember. So, um, I just wanted to pursue something and, and put my all into it because I believe that you know uh if i genuinely loved it and, and and was passionate about it that something good can come out of it and it did so i had no complaints at all it took a, it was it took a while of course but you know it was all worth it
5: right right uh, Sp- spud what
8: well i personally knew i wanted to be a radio talk show host and it was the first time i heard the late great rush limbaugh uh, i was in high school i th- I think I was around uh, 16 or so. and My dad had his show on in the car one day. How long is the story going to well, be? Listen, after listening to Rush for a few minutes, it felt like he was talking directly to me. When he spoke of those feminazis and the wacky liberal crowd, he moved me. It was a seminal event in my development. Uh, Isaiah,
4: give me a brief moment. So I can blame your dad for your right-wing fetish?
8: Well, I, I made the decision to embrace conservative values and try to emulate Rush in my own radio career. You know, if you weren't censoring me on this show, I would be free to channel the spirit of Rush right now.
6: And the listeners can thanks Bud for that. I don't even want to think of what a Gerald Holcomb unfiltered would sound like on the radio.
4: Yeah, I guess there just aren't enough true Americans on the radio these days. But, you (laughs) know, looks like they're going to have to get by without you for now. Now let me wrap up this interview with Isaiah. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. Well, uh, let me close with this. Isaiah, what has been your most memorable moment, Uh, let's say, appearing on Snowfall?
10: Man, my most memorable moment. I would say... If we're talking about scenes, I would say there was a scene in season two, it was in the finale, where Leon visits Franklin in jail. Um, And the scene where I'm basically reminding Franklin who he is and to stand up for himself. In that moment, I was doing a good job when I was performing it. But the actor who, uh, Eamon Joseph, who plays Jerome St. in Snowfall, Mm -hmm. he looked at me, he was like, when you do it, this take." Just let go. Don't think about anything. Just really let go be in this moment. Like, he really gave me the pep talk that I was giving Franklin in real life. Um, and so, basically, like, when I get that take, I literally, like, that in that moment as a character and just, it, it, it turned out to be something amazing. And that really transformed something within myself um, for the rest of, the rest of Snowfall. It wasn't until that moment where I really believed in some, in myself as this character so I was able to take that um, really take that growth within that moment you know to carry me on through the season and through the series alright um, that was the most memorable one for sure
4: alright cool well l- I know you gotta go let me remind everyone that the FX series Snowfall season 5 is now airing Wednesdays at 10pm and later on demand hey man just thanks so much for coming on our show
10: of course thank you
4: here uh-huh. you Mr. Isaiah John.
3: My! How time flies!
2: Uh, Spud, I'm supposed to tell you there's a collar holding for you. You want me to have Trevor put it through? A collar now? Right now? Right? Yeah. I, I know we're supposed to take
4: at least one call at the end of a show to, to, to display that we're, I guess, interactive with our listeners, but I, I'm not feeling it right now. Can you can you have them just tell them whoever's on the line, to maybe call back some other time
3: yes
8: but you know in our last staff meeting it was made clear that we really need to maintain a relationship with our listeners and to do that we need to take at least a minimum one call per episode if you want I'll speak with the caller shut up and dribble uh no freaking way that is a host job oh,
4: well, yeah chance just to send it through we, got, we do have some time to kill here so just a sec come on put it through come on
1: hey are you the guy who's into NFTs? I want to well, call in because you, you sounded like a, a very dumb person who knows nothing about crypto culture.
4: No, no. That, that would be my temporary co-host, uh, Gerald. And yeah, he is pretty dumb. Now, just about that the crypto scene. Basically about everything, if we want to get real.
8: Uh, it's... First off, it's Temporary Permanent co-host and uh, caller. Yes, I'm just getting started with NFTs, both as an investment mechanism and also to generate revenue for myself. Uh, are, are you active in this, too?
1: Oh, yeah. I've been in a cryptocurrency for many years. It's the only way uh, forward financially for any really sane person. I'm, I'm just frankly surprised how little you guys seem to know about it. I mean, come on, man. It's 2022. Even most little kids have dabbled in this for years. Yeah, oh, well, no. I, I know quite a
8: bit now after having lunch with my new crypto financial advisor last week. And he's opened up a whole new financial world for me with these uh, non-fungible thingies.
1: Yeah, right. Hey, uh, can I ask you how much cryptocurrency you have in your uh, portfolio? Yeah,
8: well... Yeah, I'm, I'm just getting started, so as I said earlier, my first investment in these unfungibles is my uh, doodle by actor Eric Estrada from that beloved TV seri- uh, series Chips. I mean, what a show, am I right?
1: I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there.
8: Do you miss it as much as I do?
1: Uh, chips, <laughs> I never heard of it.
4: Yeah, yeah, Carl, I don't want to sound like a a dinosaur here, but I do have some concerns about this cryptocurrency. As to me, it just doesn't seem real. It's like fake money. If you're like starving late, you know, one night and you pulled into a Taco Bell and ordered eight or nine tacos, the kid at the counter is not going to accept crypto. I mean, geez. And just think about it is he going to take one of those non fungible tokens?
1: You know what I mean.
4: The answer's no. He's going to be pissed if I don't hand him some real money.
1: Hey, maybe real money now, but come on. Most businesses will really soon be accepting cryptocurrency for every transaction. It's just a matter of time. I still keep a few dollar bills in my wallet uh, along with my debit card, but really... Uh, I plan to fully move everything I have into crypto uh, in the near future. That is messed you up, y'all.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I doubt the Girl Scouts. I was thinking about this. Peddling cookies in front of some business? We'll be thrilled uh, if you ever try to whip out a binary ledger. I, read, I just Googled that earlier, that term, when this thing was brought up. Verifying that, say you do have funds to purchase their stuff. And... You know, and then maybe, God forbid, you try to barter with one of those NFTs. You know, like say, you know, swapping a, a baseball trading card of maybe any Houston Astro for a dozen boxes of maybe Samoas or Thin Mints. If you try that, they just might kick you in the nuts or something. I mean, this this whole thing just sounds
2: extremely shady to me.
6: I agree, Spud. This crypto money sounds pretty flaky to me.
2: Dorothy, I just started collecting my weekly allowance from my parents in cryptocurrency. I hope to have quite a little digital nest egg by the time of our wedding.
1: Hey, who said that? Is he the intern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, at at least he sounds halfway intelligent.
9: Um, I think it'd be actually... Yeah,
4: I mean, he is probably halfway intelligent. Uh, That's an accurate assessment in my opinion. but but not nearly intelligent enough to take the hand of my only living aunt in marriage. You know, I guess it is what it is and, until I can talk some sense into her or you, Aunt Dorothy, be, before
2: you guys get hitched.
6: Oh, you are wasting your time, bud. I'm counting the days until Chance and I are man and wife.
2: So am I, Dorothy. I can hardly wait until our wedding night.
5: Missing our pants yet?
2: You know, my dad gave me a few pamphlets the other day that should come in handy. I haven't read them yet, but I plan to.
1: Hey, well, I really should be going, but, but please, if you talk about the crypto financial world uh, further on your show, you really got to sound more knowledgeable. Uh, spreading misinformation is not helpful to ensure this new form of economic activity is embraced yeah, by okay. everyone, including, yeah. including everybody on your show, even ignorant people. Need to buy and sell stuff. Educate yourselves on yeah. how to survive in the future world okay. of digital financial activity, yeah. or you'll be left in a proverbial dustbin. Yeah, okay. A, sort of like a $2 bill.
4: Well, and I'd rather have a $2 bill than some lame Erica Strata, Strata uh, NFT doodle. I think that's what it was. Jeez. Uh, I stand behind what I said. This whole thing is a scam. Yes.
1: Hey, I. I'm really sorry you feel that way. Well, oh, I do. Uh, I, I think I hear 1987 calling for you, uh, so I'll get off the line. Goodbye. Well,
4: wait a um, he didn't just hang up first, did he? I mean, that you know, you'd think that most people that call into the show would be aware <laughs> that, that doing that kind of thing violates the talk show host caller protocol. That was, that was offensive. I, that's uh, frankly offensive.
6: Oh, don't let him upset you, spud. He was kind of a dick.
8: You dick! You know, if you ever come around on this, I would be glad to give you a briefing on how to maximize your future investment opportunities, Spud. And you know what? You can chuckle if you want to at my Erica Strata NFT doodle, but we will see who gets the last laugh when I someday sell it for thousands of dollars. (laughs) Hey, if you ever get more than say, a, a real live uh,
4: quarter, a real quarter made in a U.S. mint for it, uh, I will wash, wax, and detail your car every week for the next five years. Wow. Okay? That's how confident I am about this. Now, zip it, and let me close the show. <clears throat> I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God
8: bless and ciao.
3: Bye-bye.
8: And, and that detail, would that include a new pine-scented car freshener each week, too? uh I should have known you—you you like those pine-scented ones. Oh yeah, that's good.
4: Who nice. wants to smell you know, like Christmas in a car during the spring or summer? I mean, that's a horrible choice. But yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, a new pine-scented car freshener each week, and I detail it. All right? It's never gonna—I'll ha- never have to do it. But anyway, I'm out of here. Later.
2: Gerald, you should have gone with the vanilla-scented ones. They hold their smell a lot longer.
0: The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Engineered by Trevor Jastad and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Associate producer T.J. Pites. Video director Jason W. Young of Random Whispers Studios. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2022 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.